This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, happy 420, happy weed day. I don't know what the official name of this day is, the official title of 420. I just know it's a day we all celebrate weed. And God knows uh, in uh, the city I live, everybody is participating. You can't walk down the street without seeing you know, some old lady or some 12-year-old kid firing up a doobie. Ironhead's got his edible. He's ready to go here on this Thursday. Another crazy day in the news. Let me just say, I'm looking forward to one. I'm looking forward to the uh, 2024 election for a number of reasons. You know, Trump is always fun. DeSantis hasn't even jumped in yet. Joe Biden is cognitively uh, struggling already. It's just going to be... uh, a, a, a <laughs> just going to be hilarious watching him struggle through a long campaign. But right now I feel like there's a challenge for the mainstream media. Well, obviously every day is a challenge because they have to prop up their guy, Joe Biden. They have to make him seem viable when they know he's not, they have to make him seem fit for the office and they know he's not, but they have a challenge that uh, emerged yesterday and it's a rare one from the media. They have to, demonize they have to discredit a kennedy robert kennedy jr this is not going to be easy for the media they they can't ignore him he's already getting 14 percent in the polls which is huge i'll get to that but uh he's he's um tireless he's determined He's doing it for the right reasons. You know, he's not doing this because he wants the money or wants to see his star rise He's a genuine activist, a crusader for a number of things, including the thing he's most well-known for, which is anti-vaccine. Now, if this were five years ago, the media would just bury him in his various uh, claims against vaccines. But something tells me when you see Robert Kennedy Jr., anti-vaccine advocate or anti-vaccine activist, it doesn't have quite the effect they think it does. Today, after the all the lies we were told about COVID for the last three years, people see anti-vaccine and they say, good, good, it's about time somebody was honest about the vaccines. Uh, if that's really the best they got on Robert Kennedy Jr., he's going to be a factor. I, I watched his uh, um, introduction yesterday here in Boston. It was interesting, to say the least. He's got a couple of themes, by the way. One, of course, is anti-vaccine, anti-Fauci. He wrote a best-selling book, The Real Real Anthony Fauci. So if he goes against Biden, right there, you got got something you can fight over. Biden obviously uh, embraces Fauci. Biden owes Fauci. Fauci helped him defeat Trump. Fauci was probably the single... Uh, most influential person in the 2020 election, anti-Trump, um, uh, pro-Biden guy. So Democrats owe him. They know Fauci's a liar. They know he's a monster. They know he funded the lab in Wuhan, which created the virus. They know he lied about everything for three years, but they don't care. He got rid of the evil orange man. So they will continue to prop him up and pretend he's a good guy. And along comes Robert Kennedy Jr., who's an authority on this, who knows what a scumbag Anthony Fauci is and will hammer Biden over that. He's got a few things going for him. First of all, name recognition. Anytime you see some long shot challenger, 
That's the first question. Does anyone know who he is? Yes, they do. They certainly know the name. They know the guy and they know a little bit about him. So he's going to make news. He's going to uh, rattle Biden's cage, which is going to be interesting because obviously Biden can't handle anything uh, just on his own. He will need his friends in the media to go after Robert Kennedy Jr. I think Kennedy is is prepared for that. He knows they're going to come after him, and he's been doing this for you know half his life. He's been fighting unpopular fights. He's been kind of a rogue. His two themes, I mentioned the anti-vax. The other thing is, and he said this over and over again yesterday, was to fight, was to expose the, um, the alliance between corporate America and the government. Now, this is the time, this is the place for that fight. Normally, you'd say he's just a, you know, a populist Democrat who's, who's trying to win over you know, angry working class people. But he's got he's got real material. We saw we have seen over the last three years uh, this alliance. We have seen this this uh, this toxic environment where the state, where the government, the federal government works with big tech, works with big pharma to crush the little people, to crush dissent, to crush the truth. That's his theme. That's what he's running with. Are you going to tell me that's not going to resonate? That number, 14%, that is going up. Now, I know he's got uh, one big problem. It's his voice, and I can relate. He's got vocal cord problems that aren't going to get any better. He struggles to speak, to speak loudly, to speak long and, and forcefully. But I think once you get used to it, you give him credit. You know, he's fighting through it. His voice is shot, and he's still out there fighting for what he believes. I don't think anybody looks at him and says he's a phony. There's nothing slick about him. There's nothing packaged about him. Uh, the, the media thinks they got something on him when they point out that most of his family is uh, against him, that he doesn't have support of the Kennedy dynasty. You think that's a, a, a bad thing? In this day and age, you think that if he were a typical Kennedy and it was just all about tax and spend and, and pro-abortion and, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, pr- pretend we're for the little guy. You think that if he just was a typical Kennedy, like Joe, 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 the third, or, you know, just another, you know, Patrick Kennedy, he would be more successful. I don't think so. This is essentially a third party candidate. He's running as a Democrat. He's running against Biden. And that's probably the only good thing for Biden because he can defeat him. If he, if he decides to run as a third party candidate, watch out, Joe Biden. This is your worst nightmare. Now, I understand Biden probably doesn't even understand that. He's so out of it. He doesn't even know who this is. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But the people around Biden had to look at this yesterday. I'm telling you, they were like, uh, you know, Apollo Creed's manager in Rocky One when he's watching Rocky hit the meat. And he's like, hey, champ, come watch this. And, and Paulo's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. He didn't think he was in for a real fight. That's how I felt yesterday. This was Rocky hitting the meat in the, in the meat locker. This was Robert Kennedy hitting all the right notes. He is a rogue. He is a rebel. That's, that's not good for Biden, the ultimate establishment guy, the ultimate corporate 
a, a politician in bed with all, you know, big pharma, big tech, a guy who controls all the levers of power will get to the latest on the Biden scandals and the cover-ups and the corruption in the Biden family. So this guy's going to talk about that. Robert Kennedy's going to go out there and say Joe, that Joe Biden is in bed with corporate America and, and, and big farmer and big tech and, and, and uh, the security state. He's going to, he, he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about this uh, alliance between the state and the co- and corporate America. He's going to talk about Fauci and all the lies we were told for three years. And most importantly, this is the one that's going to uh, have traction. He is uh, unapologetically anti-war. He looks at the thing, the, 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 the proxy war in Ukraine, and he does not uh, waver. He doesn't hesitate. He says, this is wrong, wasting $113 billion for this endless war, which we cannot win. We don't belong there. That's going against the grain for any Democrat. Obviously, Democrats, at least elected Democrats, they're all warmongers. You know, Liz Warren, AOC, Ayanna Presley, they all love war. They love the, you know, sending billions and billions and billions of your tax money to fight for uh, the Donbass region. You're telling me that, that he can't get, you know, 20% of Democrats if he comes out and says, end this foolish war. We've seen some of the peace, some of the Democrats, the real, the true honest Democrats are liberals show up at like AOC's town halls and shout her down and tell her to stop, you know, killing, stop the killing, stop the carnage. Those people, they're not going to vote for Joe Biden in 2024. They're going to look at other possibilities. Maybe they'll look at Marianne Williamson or someone else who gets in the race, but they're going to listen to Robert Kennedy Jr. And they're going to like what he has to say. I think that's going to be his theme on the stump. I think you're going to see, you know, TV commercials, ads, and it'll be, why the hell are we wasting all this time and money in, uh, in Ukraine? That's, there's a real opening for an anti-war Democrat. Now, again, he's going to be in the primaries against Joe Biden. He probably can't beat the machine, but he can certainly uh, inflict some damage. Uh, just if you look historically, people who challenge a first term, a one term, an incumbent, people who challenge the incumbent, uh, starting with his father, uh, end up uh, hurting that incumbent. You know, uh, his father and Eugene McCarthy, I believe, challenged LBJ and we got Richard Nixon. His uncle, Ted, challenged Jimmy Carter and we got Ronald Reagan. Um, uh, Pat Buchanan challenged George H.W. Bush and we got Bill Clinton. Uh, that's how it works. You, 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 you inflict enough damage, you hurt them and then they lose in the general election. That's, you know, that'd be okay with me. That's why I'm going to root for Robert Kennedy Jr. This is from, uh, this morning, um, the UK independent, uh, independent. Their story says anti-vaccine activist and conspiracy theorist Robert Kennedy Jr. has declared himself a candidate for the Democratic primary, ending a four-decade stretch of presidential elections without a member of his famous family on the ballot. Mr. Kennedy, the son of assassinated presidential candidate RFK and nephew of JFK, announced his candidacy. Notice, noticeably absent 
from the event were any other members of America's most famous democratic political dynasty. Uh, So they didn't show up at this. And the media is going to portray that as a bad thing. I feel just the opposite. He's not surrounded by any of those hacks. I mean, any of those frauds in the Kennedy family. This is a guy who stepped out of line, you know, who didn't go along with the typical Kennedy narrative. He's, he's thinks for himself, you know, he's an iconoclast. He's a contrarian. That's how you uh, make waves when you're a long shot in an election, whether it's a primary or a general general election. I think he can do what Ted Kennedy did to Jimmy Carter. He can hurt the incumbent. Hell, look at this, the country right now. It's much like it was in uh, when Carter was uh, in the White House. You know, we have a terrible economy, inflation. Uh, we have a weak um, uh, president and it's going and there's going to be plenty of opportunities to hurt him in the primary. And then maybe he's too wounded in the general election. Hell, Jimmy Carter was a young man compared to this buffoon we have in the White House. Jimmy Carter was at least lucid. I think we have an interesting battle in the Democratic primary, a guy with no voice versus a guy with no brain. I, I'm, I, I don't think the guy with no voice can win, but he doesn't have to win to save this country. He has to stop the lawless Biden administration, stop the war in Ukraine, stop the, 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 info, the invasion over the southern border, stop inflation. He has a lot, uh, a, a lot to sell to the voters, a lot to sell to the American public. And I think it's, uh, I think there is right now, in the inner circles in the White House, obviously Joe Biden, he doesn't even know what's going on, but the people around him are looking at this saying, we got to stop this guy. They'll be working with their friends in the mainstream media. Every time you hear Joe Robert Kennedy's name mentioned in the mainstream media, it's going to be you know, anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist who has all kinds of crazy ideas. Kind of like, you know, when Donald Trump ran uh, and had, you know, when he first announced, first came down the escalator, was polling at about 3%. Robert Kennedy Jr. is polling at 14% in the USA Today Suffolk poll. Biden 67, RFK 14, Marianne Williamson 5. Um, I'm just looking at the, uh, the election. Uh, when I think of third parties, obviously I think of uh, Ross Perot and the damage he did to this country by, by running as a third party. He got Bill Clinton elected with 43% of the vote. 57% of the voters voted against Bill Clinton. He prevailed. George Bush got 37.5. Perot got 19%. You're telling me in a primary that uh, Perot can't get, I mean, uh, uh, RFK can't get 20% and, and make uh, Biden kind of a wounded duck kind of a wounded candidate as he stumbles, staggers into the general election. This, uh, this is not good for Joe Biden. I'll tell you what else isn't good. Do we have, uh, do we have uh, a net, uh, any of the networks who covered this? Because I think if he's not Robert Kennedy Jr., they ignore it, right? If this guy is, you know, his, his name is whatever, Joe, Joe, Joe Schmo, if his Craig Oconee is his name, <laughs> Third party, I mean, uh, uh, challenge it to, they just ignore it. They don't even send a camera. They don't have a reporter. 
His name makes it impossible to ignore him. And when you don't ignore him, when you listen to him, you say, he's got some, some pretty, pretty good ideas. End the war. Stop this uh, uh, corporate, this state corporate alliance. Stop big tech. Stop, you know, big pharma. He's got a real populist message, which he's been spouting for, for decades. I don't think they can ignore him. I, I think they can try to discredit him. Uh, and they will. I mean, they would. There was a there was a funny headline where they uh, one of the news organizations uh, tweeted out that uh, he's the Democratic challenge has a discredited uh, message, and I'm thinking, so that's different from Joe Biden, a discredited uh, message from a Democrat candidate. I'm not sure that's uh, disqualifying. But uh, we do have uh, RFK, some of his speech, which I love. This part about being censored. This One of the candidates with a big name in a Democrat is talking about how he has been censored for all his adult life, including, you know, the last three years when big tech went to work defending uh, big government. And you had a Kennedy who couldn't speak, a Kennedy who was censored, who was shut down, because he attempted to told, tell the truth about Anthony Fauci. This was a good, uh, a good line. There were lots of good lines. Oh, by the way, you want to you want to know what else they're going to do to Robert Kennedy? Uh, the dirty tricks. They pulled the fire alarm in the middle of his speech at the Park Plaza. Uh, get used to that, Robert, because the Biden the Biden clan, the Biden crew, they fight dirty. So they'll be pulling fire alarms and, you know, there'll be water main breaks and anything they, else they can do to stop this challenge. They know this is different than Marianne Williamson. This is different than some quack, you know, governor or something who might wants to jump in the race. This is a national name, immediately has name recognition. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a young man. He's only 69. He's a kid compared to the incumbent. But let's listen to a little bit of a speech, uh, which you will notice was not attended by any other hack Kennedy people, which I think is a good thing. Go ahead. This is what this is what happens when you censor somebody for 18 years. I got a lot to talk about. shouldn't have shut me up that long because now I'm going to really let loose on them for the next 18 months. They're going to hear a lot from me. Biden can never get a crowd that rambunctious. You know what the bottom line is, right? Nobody likes, I should say, nobody loves Joe Biden. There's no passion. There's no enthusiasm for Joe Biden. Nobody says, oh, he's the greatest, you know. There's nobody who says my favorite president. He's never uttered a memorable line unless you talk about the gaffes. There was more passion and enthusiasm for Robert Kennedy Jr. in that hall at the Park Plaza yesterday than there's ever been like genuine, authentic enthusiasm for Joe Biden. That's why it's a problem. People, a lot of people who support, who voted for Joe Biden are open-minded when it comes to a, uh, an alternative. And maybe there'll be others There probably will be. Some of them will be fringe candidates, but this guy gives them a chance to take a look at an alternative. They know the, the 
the, the, the you know, <laughs> the cognitively challenged uh, old man in the White House, the empty husk in the White House, they know he does doesn't excite anybody. This guy does. Uh, the, this ABC News tweeted out: Robert Kennedy, an anti-vaccine activist and attorney from the famed political uh, Kennedy family, announced he's running for president as a Democrat. I guess they're happy about that. If he ever were to lose as a Democrat, say I'm going to run as a third-party candidate, that would be trouble. Again, he won. Joe Biden won by forty-five thousand votes in three states. In three. Uh, Swing states. Uh, Joe Biden's not going to blow out anybody. Trump, DeSantis, doesn't matter. I mean, an 82-year-old Joe Biden, after a couple of debates, after a couple of months on the campaign trail, he's not going to blow out anybody. If a third-party candidate can take, I don't know, 5, 8, 10% away from Joe Biden, it's over. That's why they are nervous right now in uh, the political war rooms about the candidacy of uh, RFK Jr., the anti-war, anti-Fauci populist who's already got them uh, a little nervous, if I had to guess. And he already garnered garnered one big celebrity endorsement. It's a weird one, let's be honest. Can you get the Aaron Rodgers tweet? Because this is it. I don't even get it, but (laughs) this is... Aaron Rodgers uh, tweeted a... I don't even know what the hell it is. Tell me if you can uh, explain this to me, Ironhead. It's like a sword. Is that what it is? Because, uh, um, uh, yeah, the did he get? It's an emoji, but uh, he's responding to to um to RFK's one of RFK's tweets with an emoji that appears to be I don't know what it is a sword, and uh, uh, according to a number of people, you know, on Twitter on in the media. This was an endorsement, a, a subtle one, not a lot of words to it. He hasn't really explained it. He will. He'll be forced to. Someone's going to ask him about it, and well, he'll be forced to explain it. But that will be interesting. Well, it's, it's a it's a uh, it's a quote tweet of Robert Kennedy Jr. who says, "Give me a sword. I need an army." So, what's the emoji? A sword. So he's giving him a sword. Okay. So Robert Kennedy Jr. asks for a sword. Give me a sword. I need an army. And it can't be just the party. I need Democrats, Republicans, and independents. I won't pretend to agree with you on every position, but I would make America a safe place to debate your positions, and I will give you an ear and an open mind. And Aaron Rodgers just responds with a sword. So he gives him a sword. That's interesting. I assume there's going to be other, you know, kind of independent minded people guy, you know, just say, for example, a, uh, a Bill Maher, a Joe Rogan, a Russell brand endorses Robert Kennedy jr. That will be interesting because they not only have a big audience, but they could put them on the air. You know, they could really give them a boost. They're not going to do that for Marianne Williamson. You know, they're not going to do that for Asa Hutchinson, but they could do it for Robert Kennedy jr. And anything that makes Joe Biden uncomfortable. Anything that challenges Joe Biden is a good thing for America. As, uh, as the scandals pile up on the, uh, uh, on the doorstep on, of uh, 1600 Pennsylvania and Avenue, we have another Biden scandal. I'm telling you the job of the mainstream media is getting tougher every day. They have so many scandals at this point to cover up. 
They got, you know, you got James Comer, the oversight committee every day telling you about the money, the, the dirty money the Biden family is taking from China and other uh, adversaries overseas. The number of Biden family members who are on, on the payroll in this business, which produces nothing, which sells nothing except access to Joe Biden illegally um, is not. We have nine Biden family members taking money from the Chinese Communist Party. James Comer has receipts. He has bank statements. That is a epic scandal by any standard. The only thing keeping it from uh, uh, being on page one, leading the news every day is the, the, uh, the fact that our mainstream media is so utterly corrupt. They see something like this and they say, how can we bury it? They cover the news with a pillow until it stops breathing. That's their job. They got the, the Comer scandal getting bigger every day. It's going to be tough to ignore. And now we have a whistleblower, which sometimes whistleblowers are heroic. Sometimes they're bad guys and traitors, as we saw with the, uh, you compare Jack Teixeira, the Air National Guardsman who leaked secrets to Alexander Vindman, uh, both you know whistleblowers, both revealing uh, confidential information. One guy's you know a hero on MSNBC. Hell, his his wife is on MSNBC and CNN. Um, the the media loves him. Jack Teixeira, not so much, but. We have an anonymous whistleblower so far. His lawyer came forward. This is from the uh, New York Post this morning. An IRS whistleblower has informed Congress that he wants to come forward to reveal a cover-up in the tax evasion investigation focused on Hunter Biden, according to a letter obtained by the New York Post. A lawyer for the official told a group of congressional committee leaders Wednesday that he wants to expose, quote, preferential treatment and false testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. So we all, the, the unnamed whistleblower is a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent who's been overseeing the ongoing sense and sensitive investigation of a high profile controversial subject since 2020. His attorney, Mark, Mark Lydell wrote to Congress. Okay. So we have a high-ranking IRS official who wants to blow the lid off the cover-up in the investigation of Hunter Biden. Kind of a big deal, I would say. Kind of a huge deal. I think the Bidens have a problem, and I'll tell you why. This is uh, CBS. Is that who we're uh, we got? Here? Yes, <laughs> CBS. That would be the uh, Clinton broadcasting system. The, uh, the mm-hmm. one of the. Uh, uh, generally one of the mouthpieces for the administration uh, who probably spent very little time on the Hunter laptop or other, the other various, probably spent very little time on the latest scandal that James Comer's unearthing, but they took, they did a full report on this whistleblower who is going to come forward with evidence of a cover up. Well, now that's, it's a surprise to nobody. The IRS is corrupt as the FBI, as the DOJ. They're, you know, they're all working on behalf of the Biden family. But now we have evidence. We have a witness. We have a whistleblower who wants to come forward. And we have a GOP-controlled House who's certainly going to give them the opportunity. But let's watch. This is how you know the uh, Biden family is in trouble when CBS actually covers the story on day one. Go ahead, play it. 
There is breaking news in the federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden's tax returns. An attorney for an IRS supervisor sent a letter to lawmakers today asking for whistleblower protection, saying his client has information that suggests the investigation is being improperly influenced by, quote, preferential treatment and politics. Here's CBS News chief investigative correspondent Jim Axelrod. My client wants to come forward to Congress. He's ready to be questioned about what he knows and what he experienced under the proper legal protections. Attorney Mark Lytle's client is a supervisory special agent at the IRS who's prepared to tell Congress the investigation he's been working on has been hampered by what he thinks is special treatment. Typical steps that a law enforcement investigator would take were compromised because of political considerations. Lytle wouldn't talk in specifics, declining to identify either his client or the target of the investigation his client helped conduct. Can you identify him? I can't at this stage, Jim. But CBS News has learned the investigation the whistleblower worked on is about Hunter Biden. What we're doing is, is being completely cooperative. That was Biden two years ago, after the DOJ opened an investigation into his finances. The FBI collected what it believed was sufficient evidence to charge Biden with tax crimes. And last year, sent its findings to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Since then, silence. I mean, we all know. I mean, everybody just assumes there's a cover-up. Everyone assumes these people, the U.S. attorney in Delaware is in the tank for the Biden family. People just did their taxes this week, right? People paid their taxes. And then they hear of the millions and millions that Hunter Biden's getting selling access to his father overseas. And they're thinking, did he pay his taxes? Of course not. Of course he committed tax crimes. Those are just the, those are the minor violations. I mean, obviously selling access to the vice president and the president is a much bigger deal, but there's no way Hunter Biden paid his taxes. He had a friend step in, he owed 2 million bucks and some uh, sugar daddy stepped in and paid the bill for him. You think that was on the level? I mean, this guy has committed so many crimes. As somebody estimated when they reviewed the laptop, there's over 400 felonies on the laptop alone. And yet he is so brazen. He goes on an overseas trip with dad to gun down a few Guinnesses and explore their lineage. (laughs) That's how arrogant they are. But uh, the walls are closing in on the Biden crime family, and we will be here for it. We got... So much to do, get to on this day. We day does does we day have a name? Does, does do we have a name to celebrate the whatever the four twenty? I think it's just either four twenty or Hitler's birthday, depending on. Oh Jesus! So Hitler's to. birthday is just coincidentally on We Day, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, this is a uh, Elon Musk always does something on We Day, and he just shot off a rocket, the biggest rocket ever. I know. I, I missed it. it. It didn't go well, though, right? Didn't have trouble. I don't know. I, I, I have trouble focusing on rockets in space, but uh, he's also taken away everyone's blue check mark today. So I'm going to lose my blue check mark. I'm not sure why that matters or how that affects my life, but uh, that's going to happen today. But there's, there's so much to get to. We got Fetterman, John Fetterman, chairing a committee hearing, and it went about as well as you would expect. And we have an update on just how. Uh, just how much Giselle, do we already determine she's the worst wife in the world? Oh, yeah, yes. easily. Yeah. yeah. The worst wife in the world. Just how concerned she was when her husband was spiraling 
into uh, into a dark place at Walter Reed. She didn't show up much. She wasn't there for for Big John. We got uh, a the I, I've talked about this many times. There's no mob more vicious, more ruthless, more vindictive than the trans mob. And boy, they are coming after Matt Walsh. They hacked his phone. They're attempting to ruin his life. They're threatening his family. It's getting ugly for Matt Walsh, and he's not backing down. We'll give you the latest on that. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy debates Don Lemon. (laughs) Talk about a mismatch. Vivek is a really smart guy, and Don Lemon is not. So it went about as well for Don as you'd expect. Marjorie Taylor Greene just, uh, oh, man, she just, is a great disruptor and she goes after Eric Swalwell in the middle of a hearing, which is pretty wild. And the Chicago mayor, as you'd expect, says they're just kids, you know, just a bunch of rambunctious kids that are, that are running wild in downtown Chicago, beating people, breaking things, killing people, just kids being kids. That's the way it is in Chicago. We'll get to all that. But first, A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full-size in three popular calibers. First-time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. I'm not even sure why John Fetterman's a chairman of a committee, but he is. That's, that's, uh, I guess, good for uh, entertainment purposes. But as we've mentioned, I know Ironhead really feels bad for Fetterman. I kind of do too. Ever since he uh, got out of the nervous hospital, it's, he's, <laughs> he's become kind of a sympathetic figure. His wife is an awful person. Every Democrat, every media member that that pushed him into this position should hang their heads in shame what they did to this guy. It's not going well. He took two months off. Spent in Walter Reed being treated for depression. He returned to the Senate in his baggy gym shorts and his Carhartt hooded sweatshirt and put on a suit, by the way, and a suit and a tie to chair this committee on a subcommittee on food, nutrition, specialty crops, organics, and research. That's the name of his subcommittee. And it was like watching again, as I've said, it's like watching a third grader in the school play. Yeah, if you're rooting for him and lots of people are, you hold your breath, you cross your fingers, you say, I hope he makes it through alive. Barely. This is cruel. This man does not belong in the Senate. He does not belong in D.C. He does not belong in the spotlight. 
He belongs in rehab. He belongs in a quiet place. He should be taking a walk in the woods with his dog and his kids. And then he should be going to therapy again the next day. He has not recovered from his stroke. He's not recovered from his depression. Democrats, every single one of you, you should be ashamed at what you're doing this to this guy. There was a candidate back last spring, Connor Lamb, alleged moderate Democrat. There's no such thing, but he was a, a Democrat who could, you know, speak and understand and talk. Fetterman had conversations after this meeting and he had an aide walking next to him with an iPad holding up words so he could understand what people were saying. That's how bad he is. He, he just, this is just not where he belongs. This is not good for him. Why can't people just admit it? Why can't he step down now and have the governor appoint someone? I know, I know the story. If he waits till August, the governor can appoint a replacement who does not have to face a special election. If he does it now, there'll be a special election, but there'll be a Democrat. I mean, we saw with the people, the voters of Pennsylvania are idiots. They're the worst. They're the dumbest voters in the country. They're worse than Massachusetts. They elected this, this vegetable to the U S Senate when they knew he couldn't speak, by the way, he said his, he spiraled into depression after the debate against Oz, that disastrous debate, when he, he opened it up and said, good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's what triggered him and sent him in the downward spiral. But let's watch a little bit of John Fetterman attempting to chair a committee meeting, a subcommittee meeting yesterday on Capitol Hill. Go ahead. Just him hitting the gavel was a production there. Did you see that smirk on his face? I know. I know. He was happy. He's proud of himself. I got it. I just, we're, on, we're on our way here. Let's hot, go. Hot start. <laughs> I called to this hearing of the U.S. Senate Subcommittee and Food and Nutrition, Specialty Crops, Organics, and Research to order. Chairwoman Stevenow. And ranking member Boozman, thank you so much for coming. I thank you for your leadership on this committee, and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. A farm bill that works for small far farmers, rural communities, and hungry Americans. I would also like to thank my ranking member, Senator Braun. I look forward to working closely with you. SNAP is one of the most effective programs to fight hunger and piracy in the country. In my time and effort in IFAS, as the mayor of Braddock to lieutenant governor to now, I have heard from Pennsylvanians about their support for SNAP. Hunger is not a Republican or a Democrat issue. It's all of our issue that we have to take it on. <laughs> we need to come together and stop playing political games with Americans' access to food. Americans like Chair about Clory Jor from the north to the town of Northeast in Pennsylvania. Oh, make it stop! Six, well, I should say, five years and nine months he has left in the Senate, and we've already gone over this. Doctors say. When you have a stroke, as he did, you have six months to recover, and then you're pretty much done. You're where you are, where you're going to be. I was 
he's distracted. Look at the look at his aide behind him. It's a guy probably about thirty years old. He's got those big earrings with the holes you could see through, and he's got a nose ring. I used to have those. Yeah, were you in the Senate? No, <laughs> aide to a U.S. senator. He's bigger. He's a bigger embarrassment than Fetterman. Yeah. Got those. You had those earrings. Yeah, the big ones. What do you call those when you can look through the, gauges? The big hole? Gauges. He's yeah. got gauges and he's got a nose ring. And it's a big one. And he's sitting there in the friggin' Senate. God, these people are just despicable. Yeah, what people uh, didn't see was Giselle Fetterman under the table with an AK-47 saying, read the line. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I got to get to that. Uh, John Fetterman. I mean, honest to God, there's going to be pressure, I think, to not name her. Um, people uh, people don't like her. Let me find that. Oh, here it is. Um, here's a, a story from uh, the Free Beacon about his time, his two months in the hospital with severe depression. And you know, it was sad. I mean, you know, he just was sitting in his room, probably staring at the wall. He said he didn't eat, didn't talk, didn't move. He said he was in a bad place. The Free Beacon writes, celebrity influencer Giselle Fetterman visited her husband just, quote, once a week while he was being treated at Walter Reed for what his office described as depression, according to a puff piece in People magazine. By comparison, the uh, report notes that Fetterman had daily visits with members of his staff during his, his six-week stay. The revelation confirms a Washington Free Beacon report about uh, Giselle taking a road trip to Canada immediately after he checked into the hospital. Remember, she went uh, zip lining in Canada right after her husband checked in the hospital. Can you imagine your spouse is in the hospital? He's in a deep depression and you visit him once a week. She is just, she's just gross. To be fair though, she went, she went to Canada because she put rat poison in his applesauce and it didn't take. Right. But she's, I'm telling you, if she thinks she's getting named to that seat, uh, I'm not so sure. She's not, she's not winning people over. Is that possible? uh, Don't you just feel, yeah, she's, uh, she could get named. It's happened before Uh, the governor uh, Shapiro, he gets the name and replacement. And if he can hang into August, apparently you don't need a uh, special election to replace the interim. Oh, but uh, and the interim has a big, you know, the incumbent has a big advantage in the election. But uh, I don't think she's uh, winning over a lot of people. I think there's going to be pressure to not name Giselle Fetterman when he steps down. But he should be stepping down today. They should not make him do this anymore. I do think, you know, we mentioned that he put out that video which was kind of funny. People were giving him credit online. It's a, he, he talked about how when he was in the hospital, there were lots of rumors that there was a body double. And he goes, just, you know, put, that's not true. And then the door knocks and in comes Fetterman. So there's two Fettermans. It was, it was cute. It was attempted humor. And uh, that's good. And I think people like him and they feel bad for him, but they know he can't do the job. It is really kind of uncomfortable. And now they know his, his wife is uh, just not there for him. N- visiting him once a week. What a joke. All right, we got to move. Like, ah, damn. I got so much here to get to. Let's get to VVAC. Let's get to this. Yeah, we don't have to play the, the this is the video of Fet- Fetterman. All right, go ahead, play it. Fetterman as he, uh, as, as this is the day I believe that he returned to the Senate. It looks like he went home. He's at home, but he's wearing the same outfit, the baggy gym shorts and the Carhartt sweatshirt. 
and he makes a video and you're expecting with Betterman him to stumble all over the place and get lost and forget where he is. But this wasn't bad. Go ahead. Hey, everybody, it's me, Senator John Fetterman, and I just want you to know that I'm back and I'm feeling great 100 percent. And you know, during my time during the hospital, the fringy fringies really came up with a conspiracy that I have a, a body double. And I just want you to know that is just crazy. That's not true. And I, you know, dude, John, what event <laughs> am I supposed to be doing this afternoon? Dude, really? Just the two of us, we can make... What event am I supposed to be doing this that, afternoon? That is not bad. Got to give him credit where it's due and uh, didn't include his wife. So that was good. Good move. Maybe, I don't know, maybe makes a miraculous recovery. But right now, he's not fit to be doing the job. I'll tell you who else isn't fit to be doing the job, Ironhead. Don Lemon. Don Lemon debated Vivek Ramaswamy. Say what you want about Ramaswamy. He's smart as hell. I like the fact that he's in this race. I look forward to the debates He's tireless every day. He's making appearances. He's on TV. He's making, he's giving speeches. He's super smart. He's he's hitting all the right notes, in my opinion. He's he's like at three percent in the polls, but I don't care. He's thirty seven years old, and and he's bringing an energy and an ex, and 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 ideas to the whole process. I like the fact that he's involved, and you know what? Maybe he's gonna end up helping you know Donald Trump, and Trump will make him a cabinet secretary or something, but that that's okay. That's politics. I, I, I like him, uh, at least so far. And he's fearless. He'll go on CNN. He'll go on MSNBC. He'll debate people. And sometimes he debates someone who's just not in his weight class, which would be the case yesterday when he went on the morning show on CNN. They need him. They need people like this because people, no one's watching. And if you were to, if everyone knew that Vivac was going to go on there and debate Don Lemon, you know, you'd make it, that'd be appointment viewing. But the subject, of course, comes up about a speech. The subject was he gave a speech at the NRA talking about the Second Amendment and how, you know, black people uh, had have the freedom, uh, you know, to defend themselves now, to carry a gun, to exercise their Second Amendment rights. And of course, Don Lemon thinks he's an authority because he's black and Vivek is not, I guess that's what he's thinking, but they're debating, you know, the second amendment or, you know, the civil war, whatever, debating anything Vivek versus Don Lemon. It's just not fair. But, uh, uh, unfortunately CNN is so bad at this. They didn't let it go. They should have said, blow out the break, blow out the neck, just let him go. Let these two fight. It probably wouldn't have gone well for Don because you know, he's just not that bright. But let's watch a little bit of their uh, debate. I guess it would be on the subject. It would be the Second Amendment and how it affects uh, African-Americans. Go ahead. What do you have anything on this before I move on to China? I don't see what one has to do with the other, but go on. I took up a lot of time with Fox. Oh, it's fine. We have time. I don't don't really see what one has to do with the other, especially considering and using the Civil War to talk about black Americans. That war was not fought for black people to have guns. That's 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 not that war was fought for black people to have freedoms in this country. Actually, that's why the Civil War was fought. Okay, that wasn't fought for, for black people to have guns, I think. Actually, you know, a funny fact is black people did not get to enjoy the other freedoms until their Second Amendment rights were secured 
And I think that that's but, one of the lessons that we still learned. aren't allowed to enjoy the freedoms. I disagree with you countries. on that, Don. I disagree with you. And I think you're doing a disservice to our country okay. by failing to recognize when the you, fact that we have you equality are black the law. skin, then you live in this country, then you can disagree with me. But we're not. You mentioned in here that I we have three different shades Don, of I think we have to be able to talk about these issues in the open regardless of the color of our skin. Black Americans today, to say that, compare that to 1865 and 1964, I absolutely have equal rights in this I think it's insulting. So it cuts off there, but that's I mean, insane. I mean, if, if you missed it, Don Lemon said black people do not enjoy the freedoms of this country. His point was they enjoy the freedoms of, you know, the Bill of Rights because they were free and they have the First Amendment, Second Amendment. They have the same rights as everyone else. And he's and Don Lemon sitting there, Don Lemon, who's, you know, if you put his brains in a bird, it would fly backwards, is making about eight million bucks <laughs> a year as a morning host on a made KB station. And he's saying black people don't have freedoms and black a guy who's done things that get, you know, other people fired and he's still there earning millions and he's barely competent. And he's saying black people don't have freedoms. What freedom don't they have? You buffoon. And, and Vivek just put him, Vivek just put him in his place. It was, mm -hmm. it, it's again, it's not fair. But he doesn't know what it's like. Viv Vivek's an Indian American, so he doesn't know what it's like to be discriminated against, or you know, to to to, to live in this country as a minority. Of mm -hmm. course, he does. But but that's the point. He has all the freedoms of everyone else. You dummy. Did you notice though the MVP of that clip? I forget the woman's name, but Don uh, Lemon's like, Muppy. I'm just gonna you know move on. And she's like, No, we have time, and like threw him directly <laughs> in that bus. <laughs> That's Poppy, and they and they hate him. Poppy Harlow yeah. and uh, uh, the other Kristen, uh, whatever. And they, they they hate him, and they like when he gets uh, embarrassed, like he just did with Vivek. But I gotta hate that when they say black people. What freedoms don't you have, Don? And you can't you talk about it until you have black skin. Shut up. So, 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 I mean, he has <laughs> he has Indian American skin. Why why can't he talk about it? It's just so ignorant. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down shade concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, I could do that all day, but we got to move. Let's get to Matt Walsh. And I don't know if we're going to make it to MTG, Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Green, which is pretty good. But mm. uh, if you missed it, I, as I've uh, explained many times, Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire, he's a great podcaster. And he made a, a movie called What is a Woman? A documentary about the trans craze and how insane it is and how people can't even tell you what a woman is. Uh, and he's, you know, been kind of leading the fight against the trans media, against the, the castration and mutilation of children, against men 
dominating women's sports against men going into women's locker rooms and women's bathrooms. He's been at the forefront for a few years now. He's a threat. Here's how, you know, they are coming after him and they are fighting dirty. Uh, he had not done his show for a couple of days. I was, I was wondering what happened to him. I was getting a little worried because I know what he's dealing with. This mob, the trans mob is vicious. They are merciless. They will do anything. They view someone like Matt Walsh or libs of TikTok. They view them as evil. And when something is evil, there are no rules. You can do whatever you can do to stop them. That's the way they view it. He now, according to Ben Shapiro, who's his boss, one of his bosses at Daily Wire, he now has armed guards outside his house 24-7. He has six little kids. And he has armed security because he's received so many credible death threats from these maniacs. And I believe it 100%. So yesterday, and I was wondering, what the hell happened to him? It was a couple of days, no show, no podcast. And uh, the other, this is Shapiro's partner, Jeremy Boring at the Daily Wire. He tweets out, you may be aware that Matt Walsh had his Twitter account hacked last night. What you may not know is that the attack went well beyond Twitter. The hackers have managed to gain access to, well, everything, including 20 years of Matt's emails. It's a long Twitter thread. I suggest you read it. It's disturbing as hell. They hacked his phone. And according to Shapiro, there were only two ways for the to hack it would be to actually get the physical phone, take it like an inside job, somebody at work or somebody who had access to his phone or somebody who imitated him, uh, impersonated him to the phone company and got them to send them, send them a new phone or a new SIM card. They got all his info, all his emails, all his texts for like, you know, <laughs> his entire adult life, which would be difficult. That'd be frightening for anybody, for a guy like this, they're going to come after him. And, and I don't know, obviously they hacked his Twitter and they started tweeting out things about uh, whatever Ben Shapiro was gay and stupid stuff like that. And eventually or yeah. quickly it was all taken down, but uh, they have all this information. There's a few journalists who um, covered it. Um, like uh, this guy from wired, wrote about it and he's been wired wired magazine has 10 million followers on Twitter and their reporter who, um, who reached out to the hacker and wrote about it and wrote, included some hacked material was immediately suspended forever for life from um, Twitter, which is pretty good. I mean, that's, that's surprising, but that's how it was. You know, that's for the last few years, how it was for, people on the right. Now it's people on the left. Uh, not that they've always had a policy against hack material. In fact, that's the lie they told when the Hunter laptop was emerged was it was hack material. It wasn't true, but they used it to suppress the laptop. In this case, it was hack material. People were warned. This, this, this guy from wired wrote about it, contacted the hacker, and now he's been banned for life. And uh, Matt Walsh and daily wire are threatening legal action against him, against the magazine, and anybody else who publishes hack material. But that is scary. They will stop at nothing. And Matt Walsh, by the way, vowed that he's not backing down. YouTube has de demonetized him because he is misgendering people. Like, demonetized him 
when he called Dylan Mulvaney, he, or said, you know, Rachel Levine's a man. That's all it took. And he said he was making a hundred thousand a month on YouTube. Are we making that much ironhead? Just a little less. A little less. Yeah. I, I didn't think I thought it was in the ballpark and he's bailing. He's, he's walking away from YouTube because he wants to continue to, you know, s- tell the truth and gender people properly. So he's going to put a show on Twitter and, and at, at daily wire on their website. But, Good. uh, uh, that's good. More people have to do that. I think he's on Rumble also, but the, you know, as we, as you know, Twitter is, I mean, uh, YouTube is the, where the money's at and YouTube will not allow uh, the truth. They, they forbid the truth. Calling Dylan Mulvaney a man is against the rules. So anyway, that'll be interesting going forward, watching that the play out going forward, see if they start leaking out, you know, little things that Matt Walsh texted his wife on, you know, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. that could get uh, ugly, but that's the way that side, that's the way those people fight. They fight dirty. Uh, it's good to hear he's not backing down, but man, that has to be uncomfortable. Anyway, we will leave it there. Maybe we'll get to uh, MTG tomorrow. And the Chicago mayor who said, oh, those kids, they're just a bunch of rambunctious kids. You know, don't demonize them. Uh, all they did was, you know, beat up some people, shoot some people, burn some buildings. That's all. Burn some cars. No big deal. Just kids being kids. Chicago is screwed, by the way. All right. We'll leave it there tomorrow. We will. You know what? Tomorrow, remind me to tell the story of the lady I met at a really nice restaurant with her dog and how I, I was wrong. How my first impression of her was wrong. I told, I told the story on Twitter, got a big reaction. I want to tell it on the show tomorrow. And we will take your questions and comments and read them. I promise tomorrow on Friday when we, uh, we're on Rumble, right? Rumble on Fridays, is that the deal? Rumble Fridays, baby. Right, it's a Rumble Friday tomorrow. But that will, will, uh, that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.